Fantastic. Well, good morning, everybody. Let me add my welcome to you. Welcome to Harvest. If this is your first time or you're not usually with us, then it's, uh, you're very welcome. It's great to have you here. Do please come and say hello after the meeting and uh, uh, make sure you fill in a welcome card as well. It's our way of uh, kind of getting in touch with people after they visited just to talk about how they found it. Uh, if you're a visitor, you probably don't know that my name is uh, Steve. If you're a regular here, you will know that my name is Steve. And also that I like cake. Does anyone know that? Yeah? Yeah? Um, and I kind of, uh, you know, very much think about Sunday messages in terms of cake. So this, uh, this week uh, is the third in a, a little series that Pastor Clive started a couple of weeks ago on Easter Sunday. And, uh, and then Sally spoke last week, and uh, I'm continuing it this morning. And for each of these messages, I, I think of them in terms of, in terms of cake. Very much. Just, just me? Okay. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Clive talked about the importance of being born again. And so I like to think of this very much like a carrot cake. Yeah, carrot cake? Um, so uh, so I, I've made here a carrot cake. This is a, a mug cake. A mug cake, because apparently normal cakes are too much for one person to eat in one sitting, apparently. So there is this phenomenon about mug cakes that you can make in the microwave. Um, and so I made a, a, a carrot mug cake. Now, some would say that there is uh, an essential ingredient that every carrot cake should have. Carrot, yeah, bang on. Oh, thank you, Adam. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, so I have here a carrot cake, but there is a problem. And as you've identified, there is an essential ingredient that every carrot cake should have. Carrot. And I did not put any carrot in this carrot cake. It's still got cinnamon in it, which, you know, which is the spice of life, as you know. So it's a, it's a good thing. And, and the point is, once I have baked that cake, that's it. So... I've got my carrot that I forgot to put in my carrot cake. And I could, like, you know, sprinkle it, you know, do it from a sort of chefy way from a big height on top of my cake. But that's not making it a carrot cake, is it? It's just making it a non-carrot cake with carrot on the top. And this is a bit like the, um, what, what Pastor Clive was talking about a couple of weeks ago and what Jesus said to Nicodemus about the importance of being born again. It's like you have your life, but if you do not have God in your life, there is only one solution. It's to be born again, to start again. So you can have your life without God in, and you can kind of sprinkle a bit of religion on the top. You say, well, I'm going to you know, do some good things. I'm going to go to church. And I'm going to read the Bible. But that's just like sprinkling carrot on a non-carrot cake. What Jesus said is you need to be born again. You need to start again with Jesus in the center of your cake. Does that make sense? So... That was, uh, that was my cake for, for two weeks ago. And then Sally last week was talking uh, about um, receiving Jesus and used the picture of the rooms in the house and really letting Jesus into every room. So my cake for last week was a triple chocolate muffin. Yes, yeah, good, isn't it? You're not interested in the cake with carrots sprinkled on the top, are you? But this is a chocolate cake with chocolate chips in and like chocolate goo in the center. 
It's like more chocolatey than chocolate. And this is kind of my, my cake for last week, for Sally's message. It's about giving Jesus everything, being all in, 100%. And so my cake for this week, well, I'll tell you that in a little bit. Because this week, oh, no. <laughs> Hashtag spoilers. No. This week, we're continuing looking in John's gospel. And today, we're just going to look at one verse from John's gospel with a super simple message, and yet is so profound, it will rock your world and change your life if you get a hold of it. And it is a message for each and every one of us. So I'm going to put it up on the screen. I'm going to read it. It won't take very long. It's just one verse. And then I'm going to pray and ask God to help us to receive this message. So the verse is from John chapter 1 and verse 29. It's only one verse, I could probably just remember it. (laughs) So um, if I give you the context, Jesus, uh, it features John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is there and he's baptizing people. And Jesus comes along and John the Baptist says, oh, I think we're we're nearly there. It says, John chapter 1 verse 20 says, The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Let's pray, and then we'll unpack this verse a little more. Father, we thank you for your words, and we pray this morning that you would speak it to our lives with power, with conviction, and with faith. I pray that you would help us to hear it, not just with our ears, but with our understanding and with our hearts, and to make a response in faith that says yes to you, and to seek to take this verse and bring it to ourselves, and to really plant it in our lives. We ask for your help by the Holy Spirit to do that, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Ah, the verse is there. So, uh, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I just want to uh, pick out four bits of this verse to help us really get to grips with what Jesus is saying. So, there's four bits that we're going to look at. So, the first bit, I want to talk about the Lamb of God. This is the uh, title that John the Baptist uses to describe Jesus. And for the, uh, the people hearing it at the time, it would have been so kind of rich in meaning. I suppose it, it kind of seems a little bit of a, a strange description for us. And we might think, oh, you know, is it gentle? Jesus is so, you know, gentle and nice and like a little lamb. Um, um, but it, for the, the original hearers, it had so much meaning. You know, kind of like if somebody talks about something being, you know, the king of the road or the king of beers or the, you know, it's a a title that's used. And because we have some understanding of of what a king is, we know that it's like the best or it's super powerful or full of authority. And for Jesus and for John the Baptist hearers at this time in describing Jesus as the Lamb of God, it would have set off all of these connections for them that we can know about from the Old Testament. And there's a, a number of things. So, for example, right at the start in the, in the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, 
There is an account of how Abraham had a son who seemed to him like the promised fulfillment of, uh, of God, and yet God asked him to sacrifice his son. And he's just about to do it when God provides a lamb as a substitute. So that's kind of one connection that's going off. Oh, this lamb, this idea of this kind of sacrificial substitute. And in the book of Isaiah, written about six or 700 years before this event, in Isaiah chapter 53, it's a chapter that, that really points ahead to the coming rescuer or Messiah. And we know that Jesus is going to be the fulfillment of it. And it talks about him in terms of uh, like a lamb before her shearers is silent. Um, and, and this kind of picture of a, a lamb being sacrificed. And so that's another one of those connections that's going off, that there's some sense of sacrifice. And that really finds its fulfillment in the, the kind of um, the biggest clue or the most obvious link, and that's to the Passover. And, uh, and John, the writer of this book, picks that theme up later on in his book. But the Passover was the time when God rescued his people, Israel, from slavery and mistreatment in Egypt. And, uh, and he did this through bringing plagues. And one of the things that he instituted as a result of this was a, a sort of celebration of the Passover. And it came about through the shedding of blood and the sacrifice of a lamb. And so there's all these little kind of connections going off for people. When John the Baptist says, here comes Jesus, the lamb of God. And actually, if, if you've uh, read the Bible all the way through, then you may know and you might remember that actually at the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, which is an awesome book about, uh, about worship, then we see J- John uh, the Apostle sees Jesus in heaven portrayed as a lamb who has been slain. And he is front and center of the throne of God in heaven. And it's such a, a book about how uh, important Jesus is and that he is uh, not just somebody who's come and died, but he is the son of God and he is front and center in the throne room of heaven and people are worshiping him. So this is such a rich picture. And, and so it's kind of tempting to get into all of these things about how Jesus takes away the sins of the world as like a sacrifice or as a a substitution or about the blood of Jesus being shed. But John is just hinting at them here because the point is not about how Jesus does all of these things. The point is that Jesus is the one who takes away the sin of the world. And by calling him the Lamb of God, he's kind of hinting that this is going to involve some sort of personal sacrifice to Jesus, that he's not going to be uninvolved in this process. But he doesn't get into that. The point is that Jesus comes to take away the sin of the world. So when he calls him the Lamb of God, there's all of that sort of stuff going on. The, other, the next bit that I want to talk about is this bit about sin. So Jesus takes away Sin, And when we're talking about sin, we're talking about not just the, the things that we've done. So we might be aware of, you know, here are some bad things that I've done in my life or some things that I know are wrong. And there's a feeling of, of kind of guilt or shame that come with them. And Jesus comes to kind of like remove them from our record. You know, it's like tipexing them out or, or kind of uh, like they never happened. And Jesus does do that but there's more going on here because it doesn't just talk about Jesus coming to deal with those 
sins, those acts, those sinful things that we've done. But he comes to take away sin, the root, the, the problem of sin in our hearts. It's like, you know, it's not just that Jesus comes and, you know, all those times that you've been caught speeding, they get expunged from your, your records like it never happened. But actually what Jesus deals with is that desire that leads to you to put your foot down or get aggressive with the other driver or whatever it might be. Because actually even if Jesus deals with the, the wrong things we've done, well, then we're just destined to kind of go on repeating them, aren't they? It's like, you know, I, I kind of um, like a quick fix as much as the next man. You know, if I've got a problem with damp in my walls and stuff, mold keeps growing, I'm much more likely just to clean the wall every week than actually fix the fundamental problem of what's causing the damp. But Jesus doesn't do that. He's just not just like, well, we'll deal with the symptoms that keep coming up. Jesus comes to take away sin the root of it. And this is really important because sin is a major problem. When we're talking about sin, we're talking about the desire to, to kind of be independent of God, to take God's place, to have the, the power and the authority to determine that what I want to do is what I am going to do. I'm going to be in the driving seat of my life instead of God, which is the way I've been made. And that's a problem. There's four problems with sin that I just want to touch on. So we have the next uh, graphic up. There are four consequences, four problems with sin. There is the partition of sin, the pollution of sin, the power of sin, and the penalty of sin. I'm not going to read all these verses, but the partition of sin in that verse in Isaiah talks about how our sin separates us from God. Yes, so sin by its very nature is in, in opposition to God. And it creates this separation that God's desire is to have a relationship and a friendship with us. But our sin causes that partition and that break. Sin also pollutes us. And that verse speaks about the sin inside of us. So that it's not, and kind of expressing that fact that we're talking about, it's not just what, what kind of comes out of our mouth that makes us unclean. It's actually what's inside us and the heart. And, and sin pollutes our life. It's, um, you know, and, it, and it kind of pollutes every part of our life. It's like trying to start a fire in one room of a house and not expecting it to spread to other rooms. That actually, if we have an area of our life, this is very much what Sally was talking about last week, where actually we're in charge and we're kind of indulging in, I know God's heart is this, but this is what I'm going to do. It spreads to our thinking. It spreads to our health. It spreads to our mental health. But sin pollutes every part of us. The third bit here is about the power of sin. And that verse says that everyone who sins becomes a slave to sin. The most addictive thing in the world is not alcohol or nicotine or any narcotics. It is sin. It, this, this sucks us into doing it. Do you ever feel like you want to break out of doing the wrong thing? And you, you kind of have a moment and you think, well, I'm going to stop doing that because that's not good for me and it's not the right thing. And you find yourself doing it all over again. It's so hard, isn't it, to stop doing the wrong thing. That is because sin, this attitude of me being in the driving seat, is so addictive. And then the final thing is about the penalty of sin. That verse talks about the fact that everyone who sins dies. The wages of sin is death. So that sin cuts us off from God. And that is why this is such a big problem. And that is why Jesus came to take away sin. God recognizes it as a problem. 
That actually, you know, maybe every now and then we have a moment of reflection and realization and recognize that the way that I'm living my life is not good. And so Jesus came to take away sin. If we go back to the, the verse, so the third bit, and we're kind of talking about it quite a lot. Um, so we talked about Jesus, the Lamb of God. We talked about the problem of sin. And then the third thing is Jesus takes it away. Jesus takes it away. He removes it. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God removes our sin from us. And remember, we're not just talking about the wrong things. We're talking about the root and the heart. So if I come back to our, our little kind of cake analogy, what, what I chose for the cake for this message is a beautiful little uh, Bakewell tart uh, here, nice little Bakewell tart, and it's full of, of almondiness. And this particular Bakewell tart has some flaked almonds on the top, uh, which are very nice. And again, we can think that Jesus coming to remove sin is just like, oh, I've got a bit of an almond allergy. I'll just pick the almonds off the top, and then everything's all right. But the problem with the Bakewell tart is it's not just got almond on the top, has it? it the, the frangipan, the sponge that's in it, has got almond essence in it. It's got ground almonds. There's almonds all the way through this. If you've got an almond allergy, don't eat a Bakewell tart. Even if you try to pick the almonds off the top, it's, it's full of almonds. You know, you can't get away from it. And Jesus doesn't just come to take the little flaked almonds off the top. He comes to remove our sin, to deal with it totally. And Jesus is the only one who's able to do that. It's actually incredibly hard to remove the almonds out of a bagel top because it's just throughout it. And, and that's why, you know, the, no amount of um, distraction from sin, no amount of trying to compensate for sin will work. We need Jesus to come and take it away. But when he does that, it's so incredible. Have you ever kind of been in a place where maybe there's some building work going on or a really uh, annoying noise? One of my, um, there was a shop that my children love to go in and that it, for me is like the worst thing in the world. And I don't know whether you've ever been there, but there is a, a Build-A-Bear workshop in, um, in, uh, in the metro center. And just the noise in it is so horrible, as well as the fact that I feel like I'm being robbed just because of the prices. But it's just this whiny noise. Um, and, and when you have that, it's really annoying. So can we, yeah, can just, that, that's a horrible noise, isn't it? And, and just when it's going on, and then when it, when it stops, it's just like, oh, that's so nice, isn't it? And when we've got kind of a problem in our lives, when Jesus takes it away, it's so incredible. Like this weight has been lifted off us. Like this change has happened in our hearts. Like we're, the Bible says it's like we've become a different person. The old is gone. The new has come. That's the kind of change that Jesus brings to our life. He, the Lamb of God, takes away sin. And this isn't just for some um, super spiritual people or some like really good people who don't actually have much of a problem with sin uh, because it's a problem we all face and that's the fourth verse the fourth word there that Jesus the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world and this isn't saying that uh, you know automatically we're all forgiven and so just carry on as you were it doesn't matter what this says is that what Jesus came to accomplish is available for each and every one of us, each and every one of us, 
who has this need to have our sin, the, the kind of wrong root, independent spirit within us, all the wrong things that we've done, taken away. And that is available for us, no matter what our experience, whether we've you know, been generally okay by the standards of the world, whether we've been a terrible person. This Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. It is an offer for us all. And Jesus' heart and his passion is that uh, as many of us take advantage of this offer because he knows it will change our lives. I'm going to ask three people to come and join me on stage right now. I'm going to ask Christian and Vicky and Joe to come up. Because I'm aware that, you know, the, the, the things that we're talking about here, it, it kind of can, can be all a little bit sort of background. Or because you can't really see it, you can be less aware of it. It's a bit like when somebody says, oh, you know, look out the window. Look at the wind out there. And the thing is, you can't actually see wind, can you? You know, you can't see the wind. What you see is, when you say look at the wind, you say look at how the wind is affecting the trees in the garden or the leaves on the grass or anything like that. And it's the same with this, that actually you might not be able to see Jesus taking away sin in my life, but what we see is the effect it has on people. And so I've asked these three lovely people here just to talk about, thanks John, to talk about their experience of of Jesus coming and taking away their sin, the difference that made to their life or how they experienced that in their life. So who would like to go first? Ladies first. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, so um, before I came to church, before I came to God, I had a very colourful life, shall we say. I did things that, you know, I shouldn't have done. And I was the ultimate party girl I used to go clubbing and I went to Ibiza like eight times I just lived a life pretty much full of sin I'm not gonna lie when I came to church the first day I came to church that was when I I gave my life to Jesus I just raised my hand and I didn't want to look back and that was the the that was when I decided like this is it this is I just don't want to live that life anymore um I was coming to church for a few months and everyone kept saying, oh, you know, when you have that encounter with God, when you have that Holy Spirit experience, everything will change and it'll be amazing. And I just didn't know what everyone was talking about. And I was a bit like confused. What, what is this amazing thing that people keep saying? And anyway, that I spoke about it briefly in my baptism. But one um, night when I was in my bedroom, just going to sleep, um, I started thinking like I was getting flashes of everything that I've done wrong in my life everything and I became I'm sorry I'm getting emotional I became um really overwhelmed with emotion and I started crying and it was like somebody had turned a tap on I literally couldn't stop crying I just felt so much shame and just guilt and it, I can't really explain it, it was incredible, but anyway, I had this overwhelming feeling just to get out of bed, get on my knees, and I did. I got on my knees, and I opened my mouth, and I started praying in tongues, I started praying um, the Lord's Prayer, which I had never said since middle school, so I don't even know how I remembered it, but it just I just kept saying it over and over and over and over, and it was just incredible. It was just, that was the moment for me when I just knew God was real and that God loved me. And no matter what I had done in my life, I was a good person. I was a strong woman and a good mother and just 
you know, and I just felt incredible. The next day I got up and it was like ping when I woke up. I just was it completely before that point, I was a bit embarrassed about telling people I was coming to church. I was kind of making excuses and things, but that morning, I got up, I text everybody in my phone book. I had it all over Instagram, as everybody knows, I like Instagram, but I had it all over everywhere, and um, I just wasn't in shape. I wasn't ashamed. I wasn't embarrassed, and I was downloading worship songs. I was singing around the house. Lewis was like, what are you doing? I was just <laughs> skipping around the house, just, and I just felt incredible, and then everything after that, so like life class encounters and conference, it was just all building on that and I think that was for me the, the first real experience and since then I'm going to university to be a nurse I'm doing well in my driving lessons I'm like life is good um, and, uh, and I couldn't have done that without Jesus great so. excellent thank you <laughs> yeah um, I'm pretty much the same I think uh, before I came to church it was a uh, pretty much a, a sinful life I was living for myself and I felt I felt like I don't know if anyone's been in dirty waters or you know when you're trying to walk through muddy waters it's hard to just drive forward and felt like I was a bit stuck in life so I was always struggling with debt and with my work and with just negative thoughts in my head as well uh, anxiety stress depression you know just general things and then um I came, uh, I got offered a, a job at the church, uh, Pastor Clive rang us up and, and mentioned uh, that he wanted the, the heating system and because I don't advertise with work, um, it was quite a coincidence. So I thought, uh, I'll, I'll give this a go and then went and met a, a great guy who, who worked with us, Paul, fantastic. And I always sort of, I don't know, I, I was a little bit arrogant, possibly the engineer in us, I was a bit arrogant, I was always thinking that science could baffle the Bible, but Paul always just basically said, just read it, just read it and see what, what comes from it. So I started reading it, and then just on the book of Matthew, the, it was like the, the words of Jesus just lifted off the page, and it, he's more relevant today. Jesus is more relevant today, and his words are more real today than ever before, and it's just such a blessing to how he saved me, uh, how I found my future wife, Yay! Oh, my mum and dad are coming to church, you know. Um, my brother's career's increased. My workload's increased. I'm happier. I, I don't feel sort of the stresses of life coming on us because Jesus took our sin. He took our sin. He came from heaven to be a man, to experience living on this earth. And then the Holy Spirit came on him when he was baptized by John. And he had a, an amazing ministry and each word that he spoke in there is more relevant now in my heart than, than I could ever thank and I praise God every day for that. Jesus has, has saved us and it's just fantastic. So thank you. Thank you to Jesus. And I'm just the same as the other two really. I had a, <laughs> uh, a colourful past of I've dabbled in narcotics, I've had really bad addictions, I've, I've been in jail, I've done everything years ago. You wouldn't have wanted to know, that's how bad I was, I really was. And I thought myself before, Natalie and the kids and everything, that's just, it was all me, no one else. 
So I come to church two years ago and just everything changed. I ended up getting myself a job with working with Paul. Uh, I was praying with Andy Pabby on live class and that was it, just the Holy Spirit come on us and just things changed. The next day I woke up and I just felt like a different man. I put my family first, I put Natalie first, everything just come before myself now and just even my church, I think the church people and everything before, I think myself and Natalie and the kids, so it's just one of those things, God is really good, he changes people no matter what, whatever you've done, he's there, he forgives you for your sins and he's just amazing, he really is. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic, thank you. Thank you, Vicky, Christian, and Joe. It's just brilliant accounts of, you know what, sin is real, and the effects on our life of not living in the way that God made us, connected with Him, is real, and it has a real effect on our life. But the reality is Jesus is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. I'm going to invite the band to uh, come back onto the stage now. I said this was a super simple message, but it's one that deserves our response. So the band are going to help us to do that, and we're also uh, going to pray. I, I love the fact that in the book of, uh, in the book of Revelation where... Uh, we see Jesus as this lamb. But in Revelation, he's the lamb that has been slain. It centers on his death to enable him to to take away sin. But the response of the angels, the elders, the church is worship and praise. So I'm going to invite the the band to help us. I'm going to ask us to stand. We're going to respond by worshiping Jesus. Then we're going to pray and ask Jesus to help us. Actually, if we recognize in our life that we've got issues, that we've got sin, that we need Jesus to take away, it'd be an opportunity to pray about that. Whether that's for the first time, or actually maybe you've been following Jesus some time, but you recognize there's there's this thing, this sort of cycle, I'm still trapped in bad habits or bad patterns. Let's really pray, pray to Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away sin. attitude of awareness and presence of God with us just to take this time to respond to the message that we've heard that Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away our sin you've heard the uh, you heard Vicky and Christian and Joe talk about the reality and the power of that in their life so I just want to give you this opportunity actually if you've got something that you want to say to Jesus whether um, you know whether you, you uh, have got to a place in your life where you haven't been following him and you recognize now is the time that I need to know this Jesus in my life whether you've been following him for some time um, but you recognize his issues whether you've been kind of trapped in cycles of sin 
you know, we said that this is a really simple message. You know what? You don't have to use flowery language or religious words to talk to Jesus. You know, it's good to be specific if there's a particular area of your life. But just for, for all of us in this time, let's just say to Jesus what we want to say to him. If you want to say, Lord Jesus, please take away this issue in my life. Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Then just use this, this kind of time to do that. We're in a little while, we'll, we can all pray a prayer together. But, you know, we're all different and we've all got things going off and going off in our mind and our thinking and things that have just risen to the surface throughout the course of this morning. Let's ask Jesus to take those things away from our lives. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You are the one who takes away sin and you are the only one who can take away sin. No program, no initiative, no amount of good deeds, no amount of distraction or anything else can take away that root of sin in our life or remove from our, uh, your view the wrong things that we have done. That only you, Jesus, so Lord as we come to you with our baggage we say Lord would you take away our sin would you remove it from our lives that we would never see it again as far as the east is from the west Lord would you remove sin and sinfulness from us would you change our hearts so the things that maybe at one point we wanted to do out of that wrong route Lord God that you change it that we can experience like Vicky described just that that change like something new has come on us the old is gone and the new has come Lord I want to pray that you would be reaching out to people here this morning that you would be pouring out your Holy Spirit and bringing deep conviction on our lives not just of the wrong Lord God but the change is possible that you are the Lamb of God who takes away sin Lord and I want to pray that just the weight of that would fall on us this morning that we would be gripped with an intensity and a power and a seriousness that you are the Lamb of God who takes away sin Lord God you help us just to release it all to you all of the baggage all of the junk all of the rubbish all of the kind of simple desires all of the the little things Lord and the big things just want to be free we want to be free we don't want to go and experience that wading through mud like Christian described Lord we want to we want to experience like walking on air just the freedom and the liberty that comes from knowing you and just being clean on the inside, free from the baggage. Oh Lord, Lord, you be speaking to, to us all here this morning. Got a prayer, gonna invite us all to pray. Just really simple way of expressing our response this uh, message that we've heard this morning it's going to appear on the screen here behind us and it's just very simple it says Lord Jesus thank you that you came to take away my sin I acknowledge my sin and want to change please forgive me Amen so I'm going to invite you if we can just to read this 
So again, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, if, if, if this doesn't reflect your heart or you're ready to pray this morning, then don't pray it. But actually, if you want to use this opportunity to respond to Jesus, the Lamb who takes away sin, let's read this together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came to take away my sin. I acknowledge my sin and want to change. Please forgive me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you hear, that you respond, and that you are desirous to make us clean. Thank you for the truth of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Fantastic. Amen. 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 What, 